0: I don't throw darts at a board. I bet on sure things. We teach Sun Tzu the art of war. Every battle is won before it's ever fought. Think about it. Most well, valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? Mm-hmm. I gotta pump those numbers up. Those are rookie numbers in this racket. A B C A always B B C. Closing. Always be closing. Always be closing.
1: The show goes
0: on! It's Wednesday night and fantasy football is on the agenda. Grab a seat and let's get down to business. It's time for the fantasy boardroom. Here's your host, Tycoon.
1: To the Fantasy Boardroom. I am your host and Fantasy CEO Tycoon. Uh, we're one day late today. We are here on a Thursday evening. Uh, events beyond our control, but the show goes on. So, tonight I am thrilled to bring you a very special guest. He is somebody I've uh, become a little bit close with over the summer as we've gotten to know each other. He is the co-founder and co-host of the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast. He is the co-founder of the Fantasy Walkabout. He is content and graphic creator for Fantasy Intervention and for the Dynasty Vipers. He is a professional wrestling extraordinaire. He is my opponent in my my chemical romance eh, my chemical romance division in Scott Fishbowl Eleven. He's talented. He's tough. He's Canadian. He's Thomas Tipple thomas
0: that is 100 percent correct i am canadian i'm a little tough talented probably a stretch but hey we're here and we are a day late that's my fault we had a power outage but we're here we made sure to get it in we weren't rescheduling nothing no, we're here there, and of no course, fault like you said we're, we're my chem div i'm repping my chem jacket but because this is a boardroom we're gonna make it a little more business mm. appropriate and we're going to rep it, so let's do it.
1: See, this is how you do a show. Best of both worlds. That's right. I, mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. this.
0: We're, do, so, we're doing dress casual for the after-hours boardroom meeting.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you're putting in late. You know, you can take it a little easy. I mean, still need you on your game, but...
0: <laughs> then, I, I or maybe I, don't,
1: maybe I don't want you on your game, because, again, I have to compete <laughs> with you this season in Scott Fishbowl. And- <laughs>
0: hey... So, I'm going to be giving you some some mis- deliberate misinformation in the boardroom see, so you don't know which way I'm maybe. going. At
1: this point, it doesn't do me any good. So Fair. Uh, so today, uh, you are a Dynasty expert, I like to say. Now, if you're going to shy away from the expert, forget that. But you're you're a Dynasty guy. So today, we I, are going to focus on Dynasty.
0: I just surround myself with smart people like Jacob and Billy and Tom Lee and, and take all the credit from them. You know, like a boss does.
1: Exactly. I was just going to lead it. See, you already understand the complete ethos of the boardroom. This is I got you.
0: I did my research. You don't come to a board yeah. meeting without doing research.
1: You sure don't. No. But yeah, you surround yourself with people that are smarter than you, better than you, <laughs> and that's exactly why you hire them, why you have them around. I mean, That's right. Why try to do something yourself that other people are better at? <laughs> just But take the credit, of course, because you brought always, it. Always
0: always take the credit.
1: So today, value shopping is our theme. I'm going to kind of tie that in to sales training because they are going to be related here in the way we're referring to it. And when I say sales training and value shopping, I'm referring to dynasty Buy Lows. That's really what the focus is going to be and how to make an offer for them. So you're going to need Mm -hmm. to understand how to sell what you're trying to sell to gain what you need to gain. And Mm -hmm, each of mm -hmm. us is going to give a a couple of targets, uh, what we think you should try to offer may reasonably be able to expect to succeed with and how to approach it. Um, understanding your league mates, how to negotiate if negotiations are appropriate. Um, we'll go from there. And then following that, we'll do a little review around the league park Avenue journal, just quick hitters on some bigger fantasy headlines, uh, we'll see what time allows there. We'll just make sure everybody's caught up on the world of fantasy. So let's I'm going go. right into this training session, sir. And I'm going to let you do the honors. Um, first things here, I focus on a battery mate, a quarterback or a running back. Uh, right. From that group, who stands out to you as a buy low value?
0: Well, look, you took mine. Right. So I'm exactly. looking at the sheet you sent me and, and you took mine. I'm not going to take them. I just want to preface it with this. So on the fantasy walkabout with my mate, Tom Lee, we always, we always kind of like to give direction and how to get deals done. in dynasty Because generally speaking, people are afraid to deal in dynasty yeah. You know, you either have the people that are out there slinging their draft picks all over the place. Generally you miss out on those deals while you're at work or sitting in your cubicle right? Doing doing what you do, but you should Nothing always than be than sending... After
1: lunch, seeing one of those go through and it wasn't you.
0: I missed out on an A.J. Dillon deal someone got done, and I was like, oh man, I would have paid way more for that, but that's where it comes down to. That was my fault for not sending a message to that player, for the, to that manager all the time. You should always be active. Don't wait. Check in on, on your league mates, everyone. See how they're feeling. That way, when it does come... Uh, you know, time to make those deals. A pre-connection has been made. The seed has been planted. So it's very important to constantly stay active and always be lying to your league mates. Look, a buy low quarterback target for me, it's hard because I play Superflex. That's my my brand. That's our brand. That's all we really focus on. It's what we have the most fun. So the problem with buy lows at the quarterback position is that if you don't have, you know, two quarterbacks, three quarterbacks that can all step in and play, you basically have to staple a post it on your forehead that says, screw me when it comes to acquiring said quarterback. But luckily with recent injury news, there is one player in particular that I think you can go out and get, and his name is Carson Wentz. Obviously, early feedback post injury is that they are on track for playing in week one. Now, I don't think they're actually going to play in week one. I think on track is coach speak and narrative speak for look, they're getting better. They're getting healthier. Of course they're on track to do that. That doesn't mean they're going to that, but a week four and a week five. Now, if you're sitting there going, Oh, what can I trade away for, for a Carson Wentz? Well, you don't even got to throw around a first round pick. It's very likely that you can send away a Michael Gallup and a second round pick, or you can send away you know, uh, like I just mentioned, an AJ Dillon and a second round pick to get that deal done. If they need a quarterback back, well, if you got an aging rostered player, say a Fitzpatrick and a Ben, well, you can send one of those guys with a Gallup or a second. These are deals that I would be completely willing to make. Now, if your opponents are playing hardball, would I put a first overall pick? Look, yes, I would. And here's why. Look, Phillip Rivers was not bad in Indianapolis last season. For the, the tools he had around him, Phillip Rivers was playable as your second quarterback in Superflex. Absolutely. Carson Wentz is at least that good. Yeah. Um, and in Superflex, I mean, people were paying first-round picks for Cam Newton two years ago. Why can't Carson Wentz bounce back on a more stable team, some weapons there, better offensive line when Nelson is healthy, right? So
1: but you're taking a well. risk
0: with tra- – Right, so you're tr- you're making you're taking a chance trading a first round pick, but chances are you're going to end up with Keyshawn Vaughn with that first round pick anyway. You really have to hit with your first, and in superflex, the quarterback position is paramount. Carson Wentz is a player that I would be willing to send a 23. To, well, actually, I really like the 23 class, a 22 first. You can probably get something back with Wentz in that, but if they're really playing hardball, I'd go that way.
1: I actually agree, because while I took your first choice, that would have been my second choice. I'm really high <laughs> on Wentz. I mean, in addition to the being reunited with Frank Reich, I think that's just a match made in heaven. Uh, and, yeah, as far as just the
0: positional and value in-
1: that he holds in Superflex, yeah, I mean, uh, first is uh, without hesitation, to be honest. Uh,
0: Carson Wentz had QB2 games. All but one game he played last season, right? So, yeah, and yeah, it's getting ticky tacky with the number 24. This is all pending on your league, right. uh, you know, format four and six touchdowns, but you know, you got you know, 23rd, 24, 10, 15, 16, 7, 7, 24, 24, 15, uh, and six, according to playerprofiler.com. Uh, y- he's more than serviceable, even in a train wreck of an organization that was, that was Philly. Yeah, I mean, so, this is
1: about as bad as you're going to see him play. Right. So
0: you would think you would hope. Oh God. True, you hope what
1: feels like his to me that feels like his basement. I mean, yes. that's the, it,
0: yeah, yeah, you're, you're buying him at his floor, but in Superflex, quarterbacks are kind of King. So yeah, you, you need to so do that.
1: I mean, there's to me, there's only room to go but up. I mean, I don't, I don't see how acquiring Wentz does anything, but ultimately return value unless that foot proves to be, you know, a long term problem.
0: Correct. But that's
1: the gamble you take. Well, for me, uh, I'd say it's a bit similar. It's a, a gentleman that has switched teams, that the general public is typically down on. He's, he's not a very popular player, thus, why he qualifies for the buy low category. Although it does seem, I've seen more public optimism surrounding him recently. And that is one Sam Darnold. Now, I will just say, this is a lot of what I try to do is database. This is purely circumstantial with Darnold because there is not a lot in his production so far in the NFL. There's just not a lot of positives you can pull out. You, You can dig and find some. But ultimately, if you look at, most of his numbers whether they're raw volume efficiency uh what have you they're average at best in poor okay. in most in most cases so um now so as he's ranking well let me pull this up real quick so player profiler in efficiency metrics so true completion percentage 35th play action completion percentage 37th red zone completion percentage 62nd deep ball completion 33rd Pressured completion, twenty-eight catchable, understandable pass rate number forty-three. So again, that's why I'm saying I, I don't have. I'm not going to be coming to you with a bunch of numbers here to support this argument. This is really about the situation he's stepping into and the talent he's going to be surrounded with, both on the field and the coaching staff. My number one reason is Joe Brady. The guy is a wizard. I don't know how else to put it. Uh, you saw he made Joe Burrow the number one overall pick, and Joe Burrow's a fine player. But it was tank for Tua for two years before. You're
0: Burrow gonna you're gonna have uh, you're going you're gonna have the Bengals fans coming at you here pretty quick if you go. He's a fine player. <sighs> Got to be careful with that. They're gonna they're gonna come for you.
1: The Bengals have fans. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Ah, Fantastic. No, Fantastic. I, I I like Burrow, but. Point being, he had been underwhelming up to that point. Um, obviously, there's, there were some special right. factors with him at Ohio State, but still, he he blew up out of nowhere on Brady's team, or Brady in Brady's offense, rather. <laughs> yes. And Teddy Bridgewater, who has been very, you know, just largely a game manager during his career in the NFL, put a together a quietly decent season last year i mean it much has been talked about the fact that he supported three um top 30 relevant players
0: yeah yeah. bridgewater is is dog water he's (laughs) one of the worst quarterbacks to watch play football in the entire league and i get that he has a great story i get i do not care i don't care he's awful he almost ended dj moore's season against the vikings missing him by 10 That's yards true. and more did his best to reach back. He hit the ground and I, let me tell you, uh my mate maddie B, me, him and I texted each other at the exact moment, like 10 to 15 seconds apart, all caps, what the actual shit. Like it, at the same time, boom. Like it it made me almost physically ill to watch Teddy Bridgewater play football.
1: I don't disagree. That's all I can that say. As we, That's all I can well, say. We're gonna talk about Teddy a little bit more oh, God, uh, I in the next not. segment, actually. Just very briefly because it's <sighs> relevant to something else. Barf. But we'll uh but boy being as far as the numbers go, again, passable, decent season, whatever. Despite Teddy not really being a good actual quarterback. Right, so
0: right, 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 right.
1: Now I think somebody stepping in with much more just raw talent to work with and Darnold stepping into or an offense that has a healthy CMC, has DJ Moore, has Robbie Anderson. Now, he's had Anderson before, but in the hellhole that is the Adam Gase offense. So I'm kind of wiping that clean. So he has two legitimately strong receivers and a third, I would say, in Terrace Marshall, who coincidentally coached by Joe Brady at LSU, right. who knows exactly how to use him and Camp highlights, which taken for what they were, have been pretty exciting with Marshall. So it looks like the chemistry Here, is building between Darnold and Marshall.
0: Right. It's important to listen to camp notes in that you want to hear positive, not negative. Right. So when you get a player, the difference being you get a player like Marshall who's having nothing but uh, positive. He's a game breaker. He's such a great talent. Lead to take the third job, the inside job, a coveted job in that offense. And and you listen uh, for someone like Chase, who up until just recently had no news, and the news we got is that he doesn't separate, which he didn't separate in college, so that doesn't really matter. But that's two key things to listen for when you're looking at camp and how you're going to scout people through coaching narratives, which are generally pretty gross to listen to anyway. Sorry, carry on. I'll no, keep in.
1: No, they really are. And actually, kind of to that point, I tend to actually put a lot more weight on the negative comments only because I feel like just – To the media coaches try to generally shine the positive light so if they're really coming out and saying yeah this guy's really struggling or he needs to step up that's probably true that said you do need to be semi-skeptical with talking up however if it's supported with say videos of some of these highlights which try to pay attention to who's covering these people if anybody are they making catches against air or are they going up against the you know, top defensive backs on that roster. Uh, just details, I would say.
0: Details, sure, nuance. And I and I like I like your Darnold pick. And and I'll tell you why I've been I've been propping up Sam Darnold a lot. Now, as you were mentioning on Player Profiler, all those horrible statistics that Sam Darnold uh, uh, put up, but. Here are a few reasons as to why I think it can be better. If I'm not mistaken, he was six in uh, accuracy while protected. Uh, His protection rate, though, was 37th in the league. Their team passing plays per game for a team that was behind constantly was 28th. His supporting cast efficiency was negative 9.87. That's 29th in the league. When you're throwing to Braxton Berrios, and I love him, but I, I liked him a lot better in week 16 when he had decided to try to be their QB one uh, at Jamison Crowder. It, that was it. And you know, uh, a struggling rookie Denzel Mims, who's now on the roster bubble, not a whole lot to help you with. And I get it. Nice. I understand. Well, the, bleh, bleh, they were open and he missed a no lot can be said about confidence, either. coaching. Everyone knows Gase is bad. He's been the punching bag of the league. He almost tried to ruin Peyton Manning's, uh, you know, final few seasons, even though he, he really tried. Look, he's it matters. Coaching matters. You're getting you know, oh, let's not. Um you know, he's getting the easily the best supporting cast, one of the best supporting casts in all of football. And yeah, the line is you know, but generally speaking, it should be better than New York. Sam Darnold is a player that early when he signed, I was throwing 23 first around trying to get him, and I i I'd, I'd still do it. Like it's I'm drafting him and trading for him every possible way.
1: Yeah, as am I, particularly in Superflex. And I think – Right. You, I don't think it would take much to get him outside of you know, the well, more – Well,
0: in, in, in single quarterback leads, I'm not going near him, right? No Superflex really lets you be lenient on who your second quarter or third quarterback would be, right? Like so in yeah, Superflex for the first four weeks, I'm still probably playing, you know, Ben Roethlisberger over Darnold until I see something. But the hope, especially with Carolina picking up Darnold's option, is that yeah, there's there's hope in the building. For for the first time in a long time, there's bloody hope in the building for him.
1: I'm glad you brought that up because I meant to mention that earlier. They picked up his option. Clearly, they do have some optimism and faith in him and expect this to be a success. So
0: Correct. All right.
1: So now it has two investments. So, what to give up for him? For me, Mm. I think I think a lower end RB two could get it done. I really do. If you're okay, if you find now, assuming who you're trading to is a contender that has him as a quarterback three, so you could throw a Miles Gaskin in a second or a third, or possibly somebody if the Darnold owner has rookie fever regarding. Trey Sermon, who's very split, but extremely pot. Those who like him really like him. So that would be an easy one for one. Uh,
0: possibly. Interesting and interesting that you go Sermon there, because I think at the end of the day, someone like Trey Sermon probably has, if he hits. Now, look, I'm on note at FTDP as not being the Trey Sermon guy. Someone like uh, even Gaskin, I mean he's going to put up what 13, 14 fantasy points per game. Likely, you know, if he stays the big, if he stays healthy, we get it. If everyone stays healthy, they're going to do well, but he was balling. Those are very, uh, high end, uh, high end value players. You're willing to give up for Sam Darnold. I, I like it.
1: They are. And again, kind of back to your point that QBs are simply paramount because he does have the opportunity to ascend to a high end QB two. I don't think he, he's, probably not going to be a qb1 i guess it's not out of the realm of possibility but i'd say i expect this ascension to be qb 13 15 for a stretch of seasons would be oh interesting highly okay. reasonable um and that would be i currently i currently have him finishing
0: him, I, I have him finishing at 17 currently myself
1: this year i think i would have him probably closer to yeah 17 18 19 i mm-hmm, would have mm-hmm. to pull those up but as far as as he gets more comfortable with this coaching staff, with this group of players, the ones that you expect to be there Absolutely. for another three or you know two three years, so that that gain in value, I think would just be something that Gaskin and Sermon don't. Well, Sermon might have the capability, though. I'm not a big Sermon guy, like you're not. Um, Gaskin, I certainly don't think has any ability to be able to match that type of value ascension so that's also a big part interesting it's the value that he can gain on top of just liking the player because i do think he'll be one of the preferred qb2s in short order so it's not as much of a play for this year but before he starts to show something this year and gets too expensive correct as far as you know part of the reason i was thinking those guys because we all hate trade calculators, trade value charts, things like that.
0: Don't get I'm me started.
1: They're, but I'm telling you, the people in your leagues are absolutely referring to them. When you shoot them a trade offer over, they have something like that that they're probably checking. At least most of your, look. So look. It, it's important to know what they are for... You try to exploit what that says. And to me, we, I mean, that's a chasm.
0: We talk about on the fantasy walkabout, especially our disliking for trade calculators. But again, once you get into a league, you need to be immediately in draft, reaching out to the players in your league and gauging them for how they operate immediately. Hey, how you doing? How you feeling? You you know? Do you like to trade out a lot? Like, how do you really view these things? And from there, you can gather the intel you need for post draft and understand who is and who isn't using that trade calculator now i will say this i understand that people always need help gauging a deal not everyone has their own ranks not everyone has their own um how should how could i say it not everyone has their own structure their own projections value charts these are all there are reasons why these things exist We at the Fantasy Walkabout believe so strongly in having your own set of tiers. Being able to tier-based draft gives you an edge on completing trades involving trade calculators. Because even though that trade calculator might tell them that this player has a value of 32... Well if if they're not willing to let go of that player, maybe there's another player on their roster that's in that same tier that the trade calculator says is a 15 or a 14. Now you can target that player and still right. give up Bingo. the same things you were trying to the first time. Tier-based trading is the way to go and it's not close in my opinion.
1: Well, yeah, Tom. Absolutely. That's right. That's
0: my mate Tom Lee. Uh, Tom underscore Lee uh, nine two on the bird app uh, pitching in, not being afraid of doing the legwork. I know it can be tedious, but you have to, if you want to get the edge in the boardroom and in your DMS,
1: that's an irresistible sales pitch.
0: Cause if look, if you're sending blind trade offers without DMS first, you're already behind. Chances are, if you send me a trade offer with no warning and I don't like it, I'm not only hitting, like, reject really quickly. I might let it sit there for four days just to, I'm not even going to, I'm just, I'm going to see it and I'm just going to let it sit for four days because it irks me.
1: I tend to agree. I like to have that discussion negotiation because, I mean, blind offers that end up, ultimately you end up at that point where somebody offers you just, their entire bench in well, look, like a bunch of fits for AJ Brown. I'll and give you, you off an example. Off, so,
0: I'll give you an Communication. example. Communication. So, so, Big Billy FF is another uh, one of the co hosts on the Full Tail Dynasty Podcast. I'm going to be doing a lot of pitching. So, at uh, the Full <laughs> Tail Dynasty Podcast, Big Billy FF, uh, he is notorious in the group for sending hilarious starting offers. They are deliberately bad, but he will always send you a message like, Hey, sent a starter. It's meant to get some conversation going it's literally just a hilarious opener uh if you send something like that like if you're sending me Nikhil harry and a third round pick for my sam darnold and you don't send me a message saying like hey this is an opener or hey at least sent you something to get things rolling then i'm just immediately not going to want to talk to you for a couple of weeks Like immediately. This guy's an asshole. And you're you're alienating yourself, even if they're not intending to. They're alienating themselves from getting a deal done. Big no-no.
1: Like most things in life, communication is key. Just communicate. It's really not that hard. And I'm actually – I agree fully, but I often see a lot of talk about, yeah, don't DM me when it comes to trade. Either I'll accept or deny it or – Except to reject. just I, Everyone has I, their I own way. Mentality, but.
0: Everyone has their own way. Look, I've done deals. Just A lot of fantasy managers have done deals. That's, that's where I was going to get to. Everyone has done deals. So FF underscore RTDB, lead analyst over there, uh, Roto Wonderworld, co-host of the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast. Him and I have done deals that have taken six hours to negotiate. Six straight hours. Sometimes leading till 3, 4 in the morning because we're sociopaths. Uh, and I, you know, like to test my wife's patience. Whereas we've also done deals where he literally has just sent me one, one for one, boom, and that deal is done in 30 seconds with no messages. They can both be done, it depends on how well you know your league mates and how spot on those offers are.
1: Absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. All right. So, Next group, pass catchers, wide Mm -hmm. receivers, tight ends. Who you got for your preference here in the pass catching world of the NFL?
0: Look, um, we like to say something about wide receivers because we always hear about, oh, just toss in a wide receiver three. Just toss in a wide receiver three. Look, wide receiver threes are a myth. They're not real. They're not actually real people. Because the idea of them, there are 672,451 potential wide receiver threes every week. I don't give a shit. I, I don't care. Um, th- there's one like wide receiver three right now. And I'm not talking about rookies because look, they have upside. I also hate the word upside. You slap upside onto every player because you're afraid to be wrong. Okay. It's not that. There's some game-breaking possibility. If they're, like, every week, it's just that if they do go off, you don't want to be the guy that's wrong. So you'll be like, I think he's a wide receiver three, but he has that high wide receiver two upside. We get it. Not every player actually has that. But there is a player that does, and his name is Michael freaking Gallup. And I know that he's a popular player. Everyone loves You either love Michael Gallup or you hate Michael Gallup. But look, all you hear about Michael Gallup is camp training camp big hot news? Big player, you know, thousand yards or at least pretty damn close to it. A couple years ago, obviously, you're not going to do it with Ben Danucci as much as me and my people from the DiNucci. homeland really wanted to get behind Danucci. Since Flacco's now at backup, we had to have the next Italian superstar, he was not that. Um, and also, if you at me about Flacco not being a superstar, I'm already blocking you, so don't even. The guy's a stud through a touchdown, Watkins today unbelievable don't care that it was a screen Gallup is a player that the person that has them like tends to have them in your dynasty league loves him doesn't want to let him go Gallup is the one wide receiver three not being a rookie that i'm willing to shell out a second round pick and a little bit more for he (gasps) is that guy i'm willing to go diami brown at plus for a guy like Michael Gallup. I'm willing to go second round pick and, I don't know, Melvin Gordon for Michael Gallup. They're not going to bring him back. It's very rare that I will say that you can copy and paste a player's production on another team and and get results. Gallup is that guy that could easily be that wide receiver 16 to 24 weekly on another roster outside of Dallas. I know, Matty the same Matty B that yelled at me about DJ Moore almost having no knees left with Bridgewater. That's him. We love Gallup. Um, look, he's a player that you should be going and acquiring because once he leaves Dallas and he gets paid, and he will get paid, you can mark the date, 210812. Michael Gallup is going to get paid to be a producer on another NFL roster. So paying that second round pick plus now, or Diami Brown plus now is going to pay off for you later when his ADP is rising, go and do that. Now, if you haven't already pry him away before the snap start, because once the snaps start, you're not getting them. It's not going to happen. He's going for a thousand yards this year. There's going to be 3000 yard receivers in Dallas.
1: Really? Hmm. Oh,
0: it's, there's no way they don't. Right. So their defense is dog water. Yeah, He's already done it. And with Cooper, Lamb, and Gallup with Dak back, oh my lord. There's no tight end that I care about in Dallas now that they're splitting. He's just going to be a deep, deep ball hog. He's going to be unreal. Easily, possibly either 975, 1100, easily doable for Michael Gallup in 2021 and you're not going to get that value for much cheaper, especially when he goes off for you know, a two tidy game. Cause remember Dak was on pace to smash QB one. Sure. Smash QB one last year. And they're like, and Gallup still balled out in weeks last season with Dalton and Danucci. So trust send those trade offers out for Michael Gallup today. Whenever you're listening to this, Go and do it. If you went back in time, I told you so. Interesting.
1: I mean, I I'm high on him dynasty wise as well, but I don't think I'm nearly where you are for 2021. So,
0: yeah, I guess good that well, done. If, you, if you're though. not in, if you're not in for 2021, you're gonna miss out in 2022, or you might as well sit out for 2022. Because if you're not in now, it means you don't. If he doesn't ball out in 2021, the chance of him balling out in 2022 are slim to zero right? So you have to be in now. And because it's a second round pick, remember 2019 spoiled us with the clay pools and the T Higgins. And sometimes Justin Jefferson players went late. That did Jalen hurts right now. If you were good enough to pick him up in the third, oh my gosh, what an absolute smash. Even now, Mac Jones was a second round pick absolute smash by right now. Justin super, super flex value period. The chance of you hitting on a second round pick are probably lower than 14%. Honestly, if you're being honest with yourself, no one's process is 100%. No. Go and get that player that has shown up and showed out, and that's Michael Gallup when you're talking about receivers.
1: Alright. I may need to take another look at how I evaluate him for this year. But I'm, I'm, I'm here to sway opinions, baby. Next- this
0: is what I'm doing.
1: But as far as Saying, you know, how can you be in on him for next year if you're not in on him for this year? It's not that I'm necessarily not in on him for this year. I'm just not to, like, a thousand-yard season level. I mean, to me, a 700-yard, okay. six-touchdown season would be outstanding and still would set him up for the exact situation we're projecting in the offseason, him getting paid and and a much more if prominent role on another team.
0: If he does not show that he is capable of not only winning – but winning continuously, he will not get paid the amount that will he, he will need to be fantasy relevant. I mean, in 2020, he had 843 yards on 59 receptions and 105 what? targets with garbage tossing him the ball. The year before that, 1,100 yards and six touchdowns. This man has already done it in that offense. That's why I'm saying 1,000 yards, even with the other two ballers, It's got to be a a damn near lock, even a smash. Because again, they're going to be down points. And you can only run the ball on a negative game script with Ezekiel Elliott so much. They got to let Dak sling it. They have to.
1: Yeah, they they won't have a choice there. That's true. That is true.
0: Exactly. That's why I say he's the only wide receiver three I really give a shit about right now. Well, I'm going to turn you by the end of the day. I'm going to. You're going to be all on Michael Gallup.
1: The wheel spinning as I'm about to go into my guy. Now I can't stop thinking about Gallup. (laughs) That's right. Now you're going to be
0: distracted. I've messed your flow.
1: Well, then, probably a guy you're out on, at least for now, given your lack of interest in the mythical wide receiver three. I guess Jerry Judy. Although I don't look at him as a wide receiver three. I look at him as a wide receiver two.
0: Right. I'm more talking with, say, a dynasty wide receiver three, not a wide receiver three finish. I'll clarify that.
1: Gotcha. And then, yes, uh, then that's a great way to put it. Yeah, they really don't exist. That's that's a that's a rotating cast of, you know, aging veterans there than a wide receiver three.
0: Right, that's why I don't care. You got to have a path to being uh, a one. If you don't have at least any path of being a high two or a one, I don't care about you anyway.
1: Great way to listen. Hit, at me. It. So, Hit yeah, me with Jerry some Judy, Jerry
0: though. Judy knowledge here, so though. This was my. Because again, it's a team with Teddy Bridgewater, and I've talked about how I feel about him. So,
1: Well, I wrote my debut article for the collective. I, it was all about buying Jerry Judy. This was back in June, beginning of June. And I'm right. sticking to
0: those. To those guns, you gotta, you gotta stick to your guns sometimes.
1: Sometimes, don't don't be absurd in your take lock. But there's nothing right. here that's changed, other than maybe it. Unfortunately, seems that it might be a little more likely that we're gonna see a little more Teddy than I thought at the beginning of June. I still think okay. that would be foolish. So, well, I'm gonna start right there. I I still think we're gonna see more lock than Teddy, and here's why: the division they play in. They have to have that ceiling play. If you want to look at, they both suck. I'm just gonna say that right now. So whatever. But if you're gonna look at Teddy as an improvement, like some do, we don't. It's because right. he's a safer game manager. Lock makes we, a lot. Of we mistakes, call him. But it's, we
0: call him Teddy. Too scared in in my circles. That's
1: ex- yes. And I'm gonna. So I'm gonna go. Drew Yolo Lock.
0: Yeah. The, he, yeah. Okay.
1: And that right there plays well into the big play ability that Judy has. I mean, he's going to take those shots and give Judy the shot to keep producing in big ways. And now, even if it ends up that we see Teddy a good chunk of games, I don't necessarily think even that's bad for Judy. Why? He is going to be a little more accurate. He's not going to take as many shots, but he's going to at least get the ball in his hands. And Judy has the route running and separation ability to catch those balls. And at mm-hmm. least add, you know, respectable yards after most catches, it, where Teddy theoretically can place it if he doesn't get his knees taken out the way he tried to do to DJ Moore. So, <laughs> so I, I so I think regardless <laughs> of QB, it's it's going to work out fine for him. I do think it's much higher upside with Locke there. I think that's what team situation is going to dictate that Teddy is not beating Kansas City. Teddy is not beating. Oakland. Oakland. Teddy is not beating Las, or, I mean, Las Vegas. Teddy is not beating Los Angeles. I mean, Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes are going to walk all over these teams.
0: Right. So
1: you and, have to have the guy who can at, at least give you the shot to put up those points. He might throw four picks in one of those games, maybe even two of them, but he's going to keep you in the other th- two.
0: He's going to throw a lot of them.
1: Yes. And it's you mentioned Melvin Gordon earlier. We've got an aging running back there. They're gonna bring Javante on who will ultimately take the role but that's gonna be a slow burn in my opinion so one of
0: uh, one of my hottest takes is that Javante Williams will be the highest scoring rookie running back on this season not Najee not Etienne and Mm. not the god Trey Sermon so you can lock that in
1: yeah I'm gonna check back with you at the end of the year I do not agree
0: that's fine it's all G Look, you don't trade up for a running back who's got a heck of a production profile in college fighting off uh, another capable back in Michael Carter and and not put him in the game much like L.A. did with Akers after the bye week. After the bye week in Denver, I expect Javante to definitely be getting a 65-35 touch share compared to old man, week? overrated Gordon. When is their bye week? I have no idea
1: because if it's on the later part of the season, I mean, I tend to agree. In the second half of the year, let's see, week eleven. All right, so yeah, that's probably about right. But I don't think that's going to put them in position to be able to be if
0: uh, their if they're, if, they're, by, if, they're if if their bye week is that late, it will be much sooner. Trust, big trust.
1: I'm also really high on ETN. So PPR yeah, that's leagues, fine. ETN, expect, ETN's uh,
0: very good.
1: I expect. I mean, I thought my hot take was just ETN over Harris. So you going even Javante over Harris? Oh, All I right. think
0: Harris is gonna is gonna struggle. Ugh, I really do. The team's so freaking bad.
1: It bums me out because I like Harris as a guy, as an individual. I want to root for him so bad. I'm from the Bay Area. He's from Antioch, North of course. California. I mean, he's right, just the best kid, and I want him to succeed so badly. And Herm's is my boy. And he loves Najee and the Steelers, and I want him <laughs> to be happy. But I don't think that's all the way in the cards this year. I think he's going to be good, solid. He's still going to be a guy you know you wouldn't be upset to have on your team, but not where he's being drafted. And I, yeah. But anyways, we're not here to talk about that situation. I'm going to go back to Jerry Judy here. I mean, he had a really strong rookie year for which, for some reason, is looked at negatively by some. But I mean. The guy had six yards. We got catches. spoiled. That's yeah, why. Yeah, because he wasn't Justin Jefferson. I mean, my God.
0: Uh, right. He
1: had what, 71 of his 113 cat- targets were catchable. 71 out of 130. So, I mean, what was it? Is it like 62, 63%? I don't still have the uh, profiler page up, but it was 115th in the league. He had right. 965 was- unrealized air yards, which I know is a. Uh, Yo, pokey. But what it does say is they were taking deep shots with him. They were trying to make big plays with Judy. And right. even and with he- Sutton back, I think mm-hmm. that's positive because he's going to be facing lesser coverage. Right. Top, and so top cornerbacks are now going to be facing Sutton, taking that attention away. Judy will mm-hmm. have that second-year improvement on top of aggressive play targeted towards him. I, it, I Everything seems to set up that way for for him to be successful this year and obviously his growth as a player, as he goes through his career, I expect him to only continue to improve and be one of the best receivers in the league as he was projected to be coming out of Alabama.
0: Look, here's, here's why I kind of don't like Judy at his costs. Look, the Denver defense, they're going to be better than people are wanting to give them credit for. Obviously, don't totally know what's happening with Von Miller. Very much looks like he's going to play after the original offseason yeah. drama. Um, they are going to be down a lot, but I really have a feeling it's going to be one of those situations where you're going to be disappointed in the pass catchers in Denver. Um just simply because i oh, help big Billy with Jerry Judy, he does love them. Um, just simply because they're not they're gonna be down, but not down enough to give you those real Ryan Fitzpatrick led garbage time drives, right? You just, you call them Drew Yolo Lock or Yeah, you know, you can call him D gaff Lock, but I don't think it's gonna they're not gonna be behind enough unless he goes full Winston. And puts his team in a situation where they're going to be down twenty-one no, points. because if right they away. do
1: that, then we're just going to see Teddy even sooner.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think for a player, I think for a player like Judy, Teddy Bridge. Oh, I'm going to say this: Teddy Bridgewater might be better for him because Judy just needs an accurate quarterback to put it near him. Just he has to, oh. um, and he he hasn't gotten it. Uh, I'd like a player like Gallup more at cost so you say uh when you're talking about acquiring a player like Jerry Judy correct uh yeah. the person that has Jerry Judy is probably gonna hold on to him like you're really gonna have to prime away because they probably paid that rookie what 106 yeah 107, six seven most likely. yeah 108 ish. And they don't want to take the L when there's no real reason to take. you got to be real swift when you're coming in on that negotiation. You're probably going to have to give up like a cup and a pick, right? If they're a contender, which everyone should think they're a contender, right? That's really expensive in startup ADP to acquire a guy that you're getting only two rounds later. It's, it's, It's an expensive get, but if you believe that Jerry Judy is that guy, that's where we talk about being okay with the quote-unquote overpay, or you know not feeling gross about it, if you would, or people being afraid to make that move if they're not all the way in. So you gotta be all the way in.
1: Well, I'm all the way in. I'd love to hear it. I do, well, you do have a good point. Most Judy owners are going to have spent a mid-first on him, most likely, and not willing to tank that just yet. That said, we're still in a season here where a lot of the guys that were picked in the first and early second of these last rookie drafts are receiving a lot of hype here in camp. And I think you might be able to move one of those guys for a Jerry Judy. Interesting and that's something I would do for some of this. I wouldn't necessarily look at future picks because yeah, if you're looking at some current players, yeah, you might have to do cup in a second or something like that. Um
0: so interesting. So you mean you're looking to move somebody, say move like Camp rookie. Camp Darling, Elijah Moore, Camp Darling, Ron Dale Moore. Now, if you say Rashad Bateman, you and I are gonna have problems. No, I would. but but that's okay, right. But, I mean, you're looking at the Michael Carters that climbed up the boards. You're looking at the, again, aforementioned Trey Sermon that climbed up the boards. You're yeah. saying you're more willing to move one of them in and in a kicker because you're going to need – and I don't mean a kicker. Yeah. I don't mean Justin Tucker. All right? First off, if you have him, you should never trade Justin Tucker anyway. Salute to the people that use kickers in the league. Shout out, Linda. Huge shout out. Um, you know, the kicker goddess, if you would. But you're going to need to add that little bit extra. Obviously, probably quite a bit extra anyway. And the cost is too great for me. You are going to have to pitch me on the cost. So, uh, yeah, it, it's. I like hearing the take. I like being able to disagree on okay. one. I yeah. think it's important. It is. Um, but I, I, I will let you continue to sell me.
1: No, I really think we're still, in, like you said, these camp darlings – I don't think that same overall optimism necessarily is still surrounding Judy, at least just not in a big way. There's not a lot of noise. So I think he's just a little under the radar. Now, I know I, we're talking by lows here, and I have him here in that by low category. Now, should qualify it that he's not a real by low. When I say by low, right. you're Saying you're buying him as low as he's ever going to be, ever going to be. This okay. is a guy that's going to be multiple first at starting point starting next season, as far as I'm concerned. So, and I think your cheapest route is to try to use one of these rookies. That's why I say that. Um, so, yes, I mean, if you can get away with the, you, know, Carter or Sermon and yeah, a little bit of juice to, to finish that off, that's... <laughs> I, I, I would applaud you for days. Now, it would right. probably more likely take, say, yeah, an Elijah Moore if... Yeah, a Jalen. A waddle, be, depending on right
0: the- oh my gosh if yeah all right that's one i i can get behind if you're trading away Jalen waddle because that was one of the most that was one of the woofiest picks in the draft this season oh my lord not great bad. it's that's not it's not a big uh big riser in the ftdp uh board room, if you would yikes I know Matt Donnelly loved him some Jalen Waddles, so. I like. Uh, that's the at the player, Dynasty I Vipers. Don't
1: like the, I don't like the spot, and I don't like. Oh, interesting. The okay, I, I don't really mind his style. I mean, but I'm not sure. I'm just not sure about the Miami offense. Period. I guess.
0: Fair, yeah. No, no, that's fair. So, I mean, if you want to talk about another by low uh, receiver, I mean Billy Needles. uh, you know, Will Fuller. That's the guy for me. Uh, hmm. Jerry Judy projected uh It'll late yeah for a late projected 22 first I'm okay with I agree oh, well, I mean somebody yeah. might take that I like it's probably not. You're probably no. going to need to add a little more you're probably going to need to add like a Corey Davis or you I know another one totally of the 672451 wide receiver 3s so any
1: of those wide receiver 3s in the first next year I would do every day twice on a Sunday
0: sure okay I can dig that I can I can vibe that but like I said, if uh, uh, another, if you want to talk about the Miami offense, so if you want to buy low with Billy Needles, the guy was balling last season when he was in. Uh, he balls every time he's playing, and hopefully it wasn't the PEDs holding his hamstrings together. We can all hope and pray for that. And if it was, please NFL let Billy let him- Needles <laughs> take those PEDs because as as RTDB would say, Jacob, the league is better when Billy Needles is balling out. And you can get him dirt cheap. Dirt cheap. Yeah, you can. That's the type of player you, you go and get and you slap on your bench. So there's a bonus buy low. Go to the Billy Needles owner and go see what it would take because you he's better off on your bench than theirs. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I still find myself scared off by the health, man. I still do everyone's so injury prone you really can't get him for free i mean if he's my wide receiver <laughs> six in a draft i mean i'll take him but it's hard for me to go out and buy him it just is uh,
0: no i understand that i totally i totally been, get that
1: i've been burned by fuller too many times and when i finally decided <laughs> never again yeah he what did, what 12 13 games that he was able to play last year and just was and was fantastic. a one yeah, oh my was, gosh and it was consistent too. It wasn't like he was boosted by two forty-point weeks. I mean, he was—he
0: was the one every week. I mean, oh, yep, God. he was the one. Cooks was the two. It was—it was something to see.
1: So yeah, you have a point, but I—I I do have a concern that it was helped along a little by the PEDs. I—I've been thinking that ever since the suspension, and I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, I don't have a leg to stand on. It's just. A, a suspicion that's all
0: that's all fair but, but let him do it
1: clearly he needs
0: it he needs help hey he can't say che- help. He, these are cheating medical, jacob uh jacob's pro cheating in sports and uh he's starting to win me over on those on those jacob arguments it, he's is a very smart guy
1: amateurism this isn't fucking this isn't high school college these are professional athletes, millions and millions of dollars on the line, legacies on the line. There's the stakes are as high as they could possibly be in the sports world worldwide outside of maybe world cup soccer. I mean, that might be the only (laughs) legitimately might be the only thing that, and you see how, I mean, FIFA is the most corrupt organization on earth possibly. So I mean that right there. So yeah, no, I am.
0: That's true.
1: The old phrase, you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, very much rings true <laughs> in, in the NFL. In,
0: in, in, in sport, period, for sure. Very much
1: in sports.
0: What so, do we got, mate? What do we got?
1: Uh, so what I was trying to pull up here, as we just kind of section out here of our player suggestions, because I don't have the bonus buy low for you, but I actually do have <laughs> a okay. bonus question for you. Hit me. You have a wrestling background, as I came I do. to learn about you this summer, and as your garb attributes to. So, yeah, this isn't
0: this isn't just because I'm a diehard Mike fan. This is actually my ring jacket for wrestling. I mean, we we commit to it pretty hard. Yeah, there's there's a little double hitter.
1: Was any great? Yeah. Wood? So I don't <laughs> think I ever even asked you the most basic, simple question on this matter in all of our group chat messages. Okay. Who is your favorite wrestler of all time? I don't know why I've never asked that, but I need to know.
0: Look, so my favorite wrestler growing up of all time, uh, it was easily The Rock. And I know it's a cop-out answer. I'll give you a couple. Okay. No, I'll give you a couple. The Rock, my, my, so (laughs) it was actually funny to me. uh, I was, watching tape back learning from all of my mistakes in the ring. And I noticed my kicks and my punches looked very familiar and I couldn't figure it out. And my brother, Leo London uh, pointed it out and he goes, you know, you kick like the rock. Now I was doing the leg shake before I dropped the boot. I was like, Oh my God, I do. And so now I'm conscious about it, but I deliberately go out there and do it. Other than that, look, my second favorite wrestler of all time. His name is Colt Cabana. Um, currently employed by AEW. If you As played the, there, the you know, the, the wrestling games in the two thousands, he was the generic guy that you were hitting all your moves on. Uh, he he was in the WWE for a little while, kind of in a racial stereotyped gimmick, which is super popular uh, with Vince McMahon, yeah. but. Um, yeah, Colt Cabana, who I've met and wrestled multiple times, he is a stand-up class act individual, uh, just a fantastic uh, worker. And then it's it's uh, it's Kurt Angle and Fit Finley really? are my other my that my top four. Angle, very top very much rounded out. Fit Finlay, I model a lot of my my grappling styles and techniques. He is a he's a tactician in the ring, very old school type of guy that when someone, uh, there's a story of him being in Belfast and someone told him that wrestling was fake. So he, he told the guy to grab his hand or uh, he told the guy to reach his finger out and fit Finley snapped his finger and dislocated. He goes, was that fake? He's that kind of guy. And I loved that. I loved his personality and he was an absolute professional. Uh, Wish he got a better run in the WWF for sure. So if I had to go top four, it's very much the Rock, Colcabana, Kurt Angle, Fit Finley. I don't have to talk about Kurt Angle; the guy is just an absolute legend with everything he does. Yeah, there and you go.
1: Speak for him. I, actually, I was never the biggest Angle fan. I mean, he is is oh. he's again, not much really needs to be said. I mean, he's he's accomplished but you need to accomplish. But he
0: is uh, from everything from his uh, Olympic background because I did yeah. uh, Greco Roman wrestling. Oh, okay, um, okay. Coming up, like, you know, I was a fan of his and then seeing him, in, you know, being one of the fastest risers in the WF and being able to bring on the up and comers and help everyone out. That's a big thing. of What I am about is helping others and, and helping people move forward and grow in communities and whatnot. I get a lot of that. Kurt Angle brought in guys like John Cena and let him knock him around for a bit. And he, you know, he put over, uh, oh, geez, Baron Corbin in his retirement match. Right, that that's a people were upset by that, but it really shows what kind of professional he was. And that's true. Um, I've been lucky enough to tour with some quote unquote legends, and, and I always ask about Kurt Angle when I can, and they all say the same thing just an absolute pro in there. And uh, I love him to death. So, yeah, top right. four easily rock Cole Cabana, Kurt Angle, Fit Finley. All
1: right, love it. Bunch so of badasses.
0: Bad.
1: I never even had to go with the follow-up question for anybody that is our age, which is Stone Cold versus Rock. Obviously, you're a Rock
0: <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, those matches are fun, man. They're fun because when you become a worker, you start to notice things, right? And going back and watching those matches, you really pick up the little nuances that, that made them so great. It was... They were having fun out there, for sure.
1: So, obviously not having that background myself i'm not going to pick up on that nuance but to your point the a and e what maybe two months ago or so maybe three months they did a little series of their biographies on some of the old wwf stars first oh, one yeah. was about yeah stone cold or at least first one this season whatever and yep. he really got into that and like their friendship and yeah what they were doing in the ring and how he was kind of working on the
0: well, and they helped sure build the WWF through oh. the Monday Night Wars. It oh, yeah, was yeah, yeah. The Rock, it was Austin, it was Taker, but it was at the end of the day, you wanted to see The Rock come out and you know ruin careers with one promo. I mean, The Rock ruined Billy Gunn's career in one promo. Oh, I it was the the famous uh, "My name is Billy" promo, which you can find on YouTube is some of the best stuff that you'll see in the world of wrestling and it killed Billy Gunn's push uh, even after he uh, won king of the ring it's it's so phenomenal just ruined just stopped it dead hard halt you get nowhere further you're done. It is a fa- just fantastic.
1: I mean who is better than the rock on the mic really?
0: So Not few <laughs> <sighs>
1: All right, well good. I just wanted to get that question out of the way. So before we it's important, you know, the people need to know, you know, the hard hitting questions and that's The that. people, that's right. The people. The all zero people that are watching us live, the the for the, the tens millions of people that are going to listen to the podcast
0: of people around the world
1: one day. Now, they're not gonna. They're not gonna listen to this episode when it's current, like I said oh, to some people. But hey, they are gonna listen to. They're they're gonna go back. You know, when I gave on, them the
0: opportunity to go back in time you, and realize their mistakes you on did. Michael Gallup.
1: See And that shows how ahead of your time you are, <laughs> even in the same evening. All right. Well, enough fucking around. So just uh, to kind of tie this off, we've. Sometimes this time of year sucks, because I do like to discuss headlines around the league, and for, what, this got to be the third episode in a row now, it's just more injuries to notable players, particularly this week, seems to have been quite unkind to rookies. The right. Williams went down. Elijah Moore went down today.
0: Look, so, you're getting you're uh, getting in the part of the season where rookies are learning what it's like to train and practice in an NFL environment. And it's a little bit more rigorous. So the soft tissue stuff, though it sucks, it is going to happen. It's like a lot of the vets last year that didn't get preseason were really affected. We saw more hamstrings and quad pulls and groin strains. Even slow, remember David Montgomery, the big panic was that he wasn't going to play He's going to be out oh. you know, four weeks, and then he showed up week one. The way he went down in that out.
1: video last year, though, I mean. I right,
0: and no. <laughs> that's why video scouting is deceptive when you don't know what's happening. Anyone can post a video, and um, gosh, I think it was A.J. Brown that came to the defense of uh, Reynolds when somebody said, uh, Reynolds doesn't look explosive here. And A.J. Brown tore into that person telling you that they need to show some respect. You don't know what these players are working on. We don't know the situation uh, playing ball for as long as I did which is seven years, eight years. Uh, sometimes injuries in the moment look worse than they are. You cannot gauge it off of a video, especially when 92% of the people on the bird app don't know what the hell they're watching in the first place. Right? You obviously have people like, uh, you know, Ray GQ, who are out there that that lived it at a high level. Those are the people who I'm taking their advice uh, on on video. Not you know, even someone like myself. I don't know what I'm watching, right? To to that degree. Don't overreact to training camp videos. Remember that Justin Jefferson got hurt and everyone thought he broke his collarbone based on the video. No, he was he's already back. He's already in practice. He's fine. He's going to be fine. As Dynasty managers, it is so important not, not to overreact to what you are watching in these videos. You see DBs getting mossed by backup tight ends. And all of a sudden all your waiver wires are full of Hunter longs and, and right. It, and it's, well, he mossed them all oh, that DB sucks. Hunter, Hunter long to the moon. It's not that maybe they were working on that drill. Maybe that DB is supposed to be in that position. Maybe they're supposed to lay it up for him because they're working on something. Right. We always talk about, you know, big news companies, spinning stories, it's just as easy for me uh, uh, training camp media to spin stories on players based on a video. You got to be careful. And if you're overreacting, there are fantasy managers in your leagues, like myself, who are going to take advantage of you for it. So be mindful. Even though there's not a ton of news itself, there's always something to be aware of when it comes to training camp and preseason. If you're not careful, Justin
1: Jefferson, I shot out after you exact. You have to every league that I don't have him in offer. was. And service. if
0: you're, and if you're not, you, if you're one of those people that are overreacting to training camp preseason, you're going to get Darwin Thompson. And it's not a fun feeling. Remember <sighs> that. Their hopes and dreams are going to be crushed into the ground. When you go after those, uh, Darwin Thompson's, unless they hit, in which case you victory lap for the one in 50 that are gonna hit, and you Sorry never lapping. stop victory lapping,
1: just go buy a lottery ticket,
0: yeah, correct.
1: So, yeah, we've seen some of those guys go down in more positive news. Gosh, well, I guess, like you mentioned earlier. As far as positive injury news, Wentz and Nelson, according to the coaching staff, are trending towards week one. We we don't think they'll be there actually week one. I'm thinking probably two or three. Ultimately, though, not only good for them, good for Jonathan Taylor, whose stock had been not so much in the dynasty world, but it was
0: uh, particularly for this year. I did not care. (laughs) (laughs) Why would you? I did not care. I don't care he's so. ballers are gonna ball if you're worried about one thing like it's just you might as well be too scared to do anything honestly
1: there were people that had a little window of just putting together filthy running back combos Adding yep. jonathan taylor to their shoot in some cases i saw him going in the late second there were people out there with <sighs> yeah Cook and jonathan taylor in a, yep. a redraft league like what
0: <laughs> yep 100 man i i couldn't i i couldn't have said it better myself for sure
1: uh, so at least there's there's some positive news out there. Some guys are coming back, uh, but outside of that, uh, we got the two preseason games going on tonight. They were pretty uh, unentertaining. Mac Jones didn't look horrible.
0: There were important things to take. If you if I'll, I'll, I can just do a quick rundown. I yeah, mean, please. me and the boys are already preparing. Uh, um, as we don't have a Full Tail Dynasty podcast this week, we're taking a break. We, we do take game notes, and we, we like to keep track of it. Obviously, you know, there's the Quez hype. That was fantastic. Jarrett Patterson making good plays out there. I mean, Joe Flacco's a god, so of course he threw a touchdown pass. Heineke looks good. So I think get he get looked yards. better than Fitzpatrick. Uh, Najee is going to have a tough time because he's going to end up with 300 total carries, including all the holding penalties they're going to have in Pittsburgh this year. Uh, Deontay Johnson makes... Uh, you know, every yard after the catch look way harder than it has to be. He's so bad after the catch. He's going to be pure PPR spam. I, uh, the, the guy in that offense for me is chase Claypool. Um, kind of going to sum it up right there. Jalen hurts looked more than capable as a, as a baller, as a quarterback. Zach Ertz showed some signs of life, which was good to see. He was a main target there in, in hurts his first drive or two. Um, So definitely some positives from tonight's preseason action.
1: That's good. I didn't catch any of Eagles Steelers, so it's good to get a little. Well, I'm a lunatic,
0: and I got the three monitors going at all times. So I got one on each side. They're always going. I'm taking my notes in between. I've got my I I, I am a sociopath.
1: Not the TV on, unfortunately. That's what I should have. No. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, currently in my vicinity, I've got five screens if I really want to. If I really want to dive into it,
1: Command Central.
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. I, I had to build myself one in my in my house. The one screen wasn't doing it for me, you know.
1: No, it doesn't. I can't even just sit and watch football on Sundays with the one screen. Anyway, we have three up usually. <laughs> yeah, I have a, have to. a second TV and bring out to the living room just for that, and then we'll even put up a laptop just to have something else going. I <laughs> uh, have to. Yep. Red Zone on one of the TVs, and then two standalone games. There's too much. Too much to pay attention to. Correct. It's almost like Sunday's a job at this point, just because I don't <laughs> want to miss anything. Ah, but this was awesome, man. Thank you for coming into the boardroom. This is...
0: Anytime.
1: This is and, uh, you know, like I mentioned again earlier, we're Scott Fishbowl opponents, but I got to say, as we went <laughs> through the draft in our division chat, which is how, obviously, you know, we got to know each other a little bit and uh, create this relationship, just Correct. awesome. That's kind of what it's all about. MCR division. It's it's a really awesome group of dudes. Uh,
0: it was fantastic, yeah, especially uh, for my first uh, Scott Fishbowl. I mean i I never expected to uh, to play Scott Fishbowl. So when I got the invite, I wasn't sure what to expect, and uh, very happy with it.
1: It's exceeded any expectations I had. I don't even know what they were. But I do know <laughs> that the experience thus far is certainly better than what whatever I could have imagined. I mean, I had heard there were some chats, you know, your pick chat, your division chat, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Really, I yeah. mean there were there are a lot of really cool, thoughtful, engaging, smart, and helpful people. Help. Yep. Once we were kind of, you know, away from the heart of actual draft time, even in our group. There's a lot of discussion and still strategic going. talk that's going on, and we're still talking. Absolutely,
0: yeah. yep. Great group, so, great group of people over there for sure.
1: So I really do look forward to participating in the tournament as a whole for obvious reasons, but particularly against this division as we've all gotten to, you know, become a close division, and it is going to be stiff competition. I think our group Oof. had a lot oh, of sharp yeah. drafters. Oof. I mean, Eric
0: Brown. Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah, dude, Team Pro just i guess it's not really a snipe when it's half a round away but damn dude just earlier that's you like gotta really be every ahead
0: time yeah you gotta be ahead you can't be late can't be late in the scott fishbowl no 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 uh,
1: i mean i just can't feel like i'm reaching every round but <laughs> i guess that's what it would have taken although i'm still pretty happy with how my team turned out i think most of our group is I don't think anybody really. Well, got I mean, any, away with anytime, a bunch
0: of anytime you, you get Lamar Jackson on your roster, you're going to have a good time. I mean, I just got to say that.
1: No, I'm pumped. That's why I was pissed that, well, Derek Brown took Bateman, I think, in the early eighth, where, yep. as at the time of our draft, well, talk about being ahead. He was ahead because he was going nowhere near 8.2, 8.3, whatever the hell his pick was in, yeah. in early July.
0: Look, I got to tell you, I'm happy with my Mac Jones pick. I just got to say that. He looked good. If he gets in there, he's gonna be like he's gonna team be team one team. of those efficient players for sure. Oh speaking of, I, I drafted Michael Gallup in uh, in the old Scott Fishbowl. So
1: hey, yeah, sticking Michael to my Gallup, process. Jamar, no separation, Chase. No. Jamar's <laughs> gonna
0: be good anyway, Chase.
1: Yeah, he is. It like, you already said it. He didn't separate in college. That's not correct. So who cares? That that's the most non story of all time. i really like your team a lot again to
0: well we'll see well i don't know how it's gonna go we're gonna see how it goes
1: there are a a lot of ways things can go but you have a couple of players on here that i'm particularly high on and i think are gonna serve you very well i can only hope yeah we'll see but yeah before we get out of here i mean i know you've kind of made your plugs a little bit as we've gone along, but if you have <laughs> any final things you want to say? I mean, in regards oh, to... Master, to walk about I'm the master
0: else? of the plug. Well, plug, master baby, the plug. plug. This is corporate <laughs> Look,
1: anyways. Point and see boardroom. This is what we do.
0: If you liked what I had to say in the show, well, you can definitely let me know. If you disliked what you heard on the show, well, guess what? definitely go out of your way to let me know look it may not be me getting back to you it might be patrick the hr alpaca who's a little bit off screen but he'll be handling your dms questions comments and concerns you can generally catch maybe friday in the full tilt dynasty podcast with the host, big billy ff and ff underscore RTDB. you know him as jacob sanderson the wide receiver three whisperer Look, the guy is money. You can also catch me on Tuesday nights, generally speaking, the fantasy walkabout uh with my mate who's all the way around the world in Australia. That's Tom underscore Lee92. If you're not following him, you definitely should be. You can see all of my work over there with the fantasy intervention and Dynasty Vipers Network. You can catch all the videos of the full tail dynasty podcast. Over there, the of Vipers Network and the Full Tilt Dynasty Podcast YouTube page. You can also, and I encourage you to go and check out FullTiltDynasty.com, which is a fully functioning website, form included, to get in on all of those trade conversations and catch exclusive content from mates like Jacob, uh, lead analysts over there, Roto Underworld, Billy, uh, Big Billy FF over there programming for dynasty nerds and tom underscore lee just releasing his first ever fantasy football blog that is exclusive on the full tilt and i gotta say even though we ran into some problems yesterday thanks to mother nature herself trying to get in the way of making this show happen we got it done anyway couldn't have been happier to say that i did it and i look forward to facing off with you in the scott fishbowl thank you sir
1: Thank you. No, oh, really, thank you for still making the time today despite yesterday's uh, events. Nothing we can do. <laughs> and goddamn, that was a really good plug. I need to just talk to you <laughs> off camera. I need some some training here. I need to work
0: on that.
1: Like, I know you've got pro some wrestling. And you've got the wrestling. Yeah, exactly. I- pro wrestling. I'm used
0: to. I'm used to this microphone. You gotta you gotta pitch yourself in the wrestling business, to- kid.
1: I need some video of you on the mic then. You've sent some of your actual wrestling, but we need some mic video. We need some you know, some promo cuts.
0: I you think got I got a chat. few. I think I got a few. I'm, I'm going to get some for you. Believe that.
1: And before we get out of here, I'm actually going to do one plug myself. And that is for the Fantasy Collective. We have officially, at our first partnership, we have partnered with prizepicks.com, which is now the most exciting way to play DFS you're using your DFS skills to predict whether you select a DFS player will perform above or below their projected fantasy points. Very easy over-under selections. Rather than worry about GPPs or even smaller pool entries in your DraftKings and FanDuel's lineups, any traditional daily format, you're simply rooting for against the player that you chose the over-under on. It's much like your own team. So... When you have your two, three, or four players that you're very confident are going to overperform or underperform, the number there on prizepicks.com, smash them. If you get all four, you will 10 times your money. Again, you don't have to beat out millions of other people. You just pick the overs, unders, you go from there. It's just a small over under parlay with great payouts. So please go to prizepicks.com use code collective and they will match your first deposit up to a hundred dollars. And that's collective K O L L E C T I V. Yeah. All these daily sites that do 25 price picks will match the first deposit up to a hundred. So go there, put in a hundred, get 200 in your account, have a fun season. Use code collective. (laughs)
0: Love it.
1: Please play responsibly. (laughs) Uh, Kind of responsibly. No, yeah, yeah, keep it responsible. <laughs> We're not gonna commission off, you know, the amount you're putting in, so who cares?
0: Kind of responsible I love Passable. that. I love that. Uh, this, was,
1: this was This is so awesome, man. Thank seriously though, thank you again for making this happen. Rescheduling, making it work, putting it together, fucking great episode of the boardroom. Okay. With that, this meeting of the boardroom is adjourned.